welcome to the Sarah Explains It All podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Sarah, and if you don't know, I am a menstrual cycle coach who teaches women and women business owners how to harness the power of their natural energy cycles to avoid overwhelm and burnout and create more success in their lives and businesses. Thank you for joining me today. I've got Rachel Manson with me, who is the founder and creator of Our Remedy. And I'm going to pass it over to her now. Hello, Rachel. How are you? Hello, Sarah. I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me on today. I really appreciate it. Fabulous. Thanks for coming and joining me. I love your product. So tell us a little bit more about yourself, and then we're going to dive into what Our Remedy is and why you decided to create it. Perfect. So um, I'm Rachel. I'm 33 years old. I live on I live in Leon C in Essex. I have a four-year-old son, and I started our remedy two years ago. So we're still we're still a young business. We're still new. Um, a still really exciting stage. Um, we are so our remedy is a wellness brand aimed at periods, sleep, and anxiety. So our main product is CBD. We also have a really lovely adaptogenic tea aimed at period cramps. Um, everything is really, really sustainable. So I'm really, really passionate about the environment myself. And so I, I personally think everyone who starts a business now should focus on sustainability. Um, so it's something I do using non-toxic inks to print, shipping compostable mailers, using recycled material, and we do plastic-free refills. And not just sustainable for the planet, but we also make donations to a period poverty charity every single month. So also sustainable in the way that we are giving back as well um, so we make a donation for every single product we sell not just per profit because as many small business owners will know there's not always profit at first so we do do it per every single product we sell oh, and I love a product and a company that walk the walk talk the talk and actually do it because I think there are so many companies out there that say oh yeah we, we give back we give back but you were so open and transparent about it and about the sustainability and, you know, protecting the planet. As you say, we should all be doing a little bit more of that. Um, it's just really nice to hear. Now, our remedy. What brought you to the point of creating our remedy products? So it's a really personal story and it really begins um, with my own health. So. I found out at a really, really young age that I wouldn't be able to conceive naturally. So um, my husband and I got married when I was 25, it's so young. Um, and I found out um, at 26, um, really sadly, that I wouldn't be able to conceive naturally and I would need to go down the IVF route. Luckily for me, it was successful on my first round on the NHS. So although it was a difficult time in comparison to everything else I went through, IVF feels very minor now, but anyone going through it, I like totally understand it is, it is a really difficult time, but I actually had a very positive experience of IVF. I, I did a lot of manifesting that it was going to go well, that I was going to have a positive, and I just thought I was, it was going to be positive, and it was, and that was incredible. So I was really, really lucky um, to, to have that on the NHS and positive and have a lovely, beautiful, healthy boy whose name is George. Um, I knew I wanted to do another round of IVF. So part of my infertility problems were linked to cysts, um, and I thought, 
I'd had the tests, I'd had cysts removed in the past, I'd had the um, dye tests where they check if your tubes were blocked and my tubes were blocked. Um, so I wanted to do IVF again, but I knew to do IVF, you really need to be in the sort of tip top condition. I thought I'm a bit bloated. I've probably got another cyst. I know I'm prone to them. I know that's part of my fertility problems. I just booked myself into the doctors because, you know, it can be like six months wait to have this removed. And I thought I do, I do want to get going with the second child. So I booked in to have an ultrasound. The doctors are like very good, actually, I would say, as in I said, I think I've got a cyst, I am bloated and they booked me straight in for an ultrasound. So um, I always say, listen to your body. I did have a problem, but luckily I was listened to. So I went to the hospital on the Friday night for my ultrasound, had that. And on the Monday morning, got a call from the doctor saying, you're going to need to come in straight away. Um, there's something on the scan. So I went in. And again, I was really lucky. I saw, the, saw a really lovely doctor who was a young woman, um, which I've realized is, is really beneficial when you're dealing with these sorts of problems. Mm. And she said there was something on the scan. It didn't look like a cyst, but they couldn't really tell what it was. So she sent me straight for, away for blood tests and booked me in for gynae oncologist. And suddenly, Monday morning, I had all these new words. I had CA125, which is a cancer marker, which I didn't know at the time. I was being booked in for an MRI. I had a gynae oncologist, like all of a sudden, I, I didn't have a cyst, there was something more. And my CA125 come back as raised, which is a sign that there would possibly be a tumor present. Um, it was it was honestly really, really hard time. Oh so I had gosh. a- Like how had shocking a is that on like so a shocking. Monday morning? <laughs> yeah, it's, oh. it's really shocking. Straight away, you're like, Dr. Google, what is wrong with me? But they do say don't Google, but you just can't help it. So I definitely was sat in my office Googling away, like, what could this be? Um, but I did get to see a guy in oncologist very quickly and I had an MRI very quickly. So everything happened within about the space of a week. I had the results that there was um, a tumor present on one of my ovaries. And they said it pretty much looked like it was across my entire ovary and there wouldn't be much saving it. Um, but that did look like that was where it was. So I got booked in for a laparotomy which is open stomach surgery. So slice straight down to removal um, two weeks later. So that was okay. I've, I've been through quite a few surgeries. I mean, laparotomy is like a C-section really. So mm -hmm. it's gonna be a much longer recovery, but I'm not, not wasn't that afraid of surgery because I'd been through so many. I just thought I was gonna have the surgery, have this tumor removed and then go about my life. Like I did, I just thought this is bad, but you know, this is as bad as it's gonna get. So that was fine. So I had the surgery. I had my mum come stay, look after me. Everything was okay as it could be. When two weeks later, I, I went back to see my gynecologist who had done the surgery and who had my results. And I walked into the room. There was four doctors and a nurse. And oh I just my thought, goodness. Yeah, it's thinking, okay, <laughs> this isn't going to be good. So immediately I was just so nervous and sat down and they said um, it was a stage three borderline ovarian cancer. So a borderline is, it's not, it's not a cyst, so it's not benign, but it's also not an invasive cancer. It's the sort of stage before invasive, but also there's no saying it would turn invasive. Yeah. It's very, actually very rare and really there's not a lot of research around it because it isn't actually a cancer. Mm -hmm. So he said his best um, recommendation would me, be for me to have a full hysterectomy straight away pretty much he said if I could have done it when I you know if you'd signed to say I, I have permission I would have performed that surgery on you because he said the tumors were 
my, one ovary totally went, half of the other, other ovary went, my entire womb was covered in it, even my cervix and um, the, I can never remember the name of it, but it's just above all your reproductive systems. It's, it begins with O something, but even that was covered in it. So we even had to have that removed. So the tumors were very fast growing, it seems. They're not normally. So he said they seem fast growing because it didn't show on the MRI two weeks before. Right. So he seemed a bit concerned and he said that they just don't really know of borderline tumors because they don't really research it enough because there's not enough of them. So that was his advice. And obviously I was absolutely devastated because in my head, I was having my second child and I definitely wanted to have a second child. And also like the word menopause was thrown around and I was 30 years old. And I, I just thought you're telling me all this stuff. A nurse actually took me away into another room and sat me down and was like, it's not that bad. And was talking me through it. And she's like, I've actually had, had a hysterectomy as well. And I just thought you're like, she was about, I don't know, 55. Say, mm. I thought, but you're, you're so much older. I'm 30. I'm going to be in the menopause. And I can't have more children. Like this is devastating. I, I didn't speak to anyone for about a week. Um, as I just like sort of took in the information I was really upset and I was still recovering as well from the surgery um, and then I decided no I was like I'm not going to listen to this doctor I was like this is the first opinion this is one person's opinion and I actually didn't like this doctor very much um, to be honest I just didn't click with him he had no sympathy towards my situation at all um, so I was like right back on the computer I'm going to find a way that I don't have to do this. So I requested a second opinion through the NHS, which you can do. So I did that. And I also got a third opinion, which I paid for privately. And unfortunately for me, they both come back the same. Um, very, very, very similar opinions. that They would suggest a full hysterectomy. So, okay, I was back to that. But I was thinking now, is there any way I can preserve any of my fertility at all? Because I'd want a second child, even if I don't have a womb, I could use a surrogate. Well, like, what can I do about my fertility? So. Then I started seeing IVF doctors and the feedback was again, very similar. Like if there's tumors present, you wouldn't want to put that in a surrogate, um, you know, egg collection, cause it is what I was looking at doing would be very dangerous to do it on half an ovary. And with these tumors present because egg collection involves tiny needles collecting your eggs from your ovaries. And they worried that if they split anything there would be a tumor that could spread. So basically it comes <laughs> I spent a long time a good three months fighting this and trying to find a way around it but I accepted it then I thought okay I I want a second child but I'm imagining now I have a child I need to be there for him so I, I really accepted it in the end and I thought okay fine I'll do it and then somebody in a Facebook support group mentioned um, a research product in London um, that was doing chiro preservation of ovarian tissue so they take your ovary and they freeze it for 10 years. And they said at the time, this is about three years ago, um, they were about five years away from being able to take DNA from that ovarian tissue and creating a baby with whoever's sperm, so my husband's sperm, and putting that in a surrogate. As long as there was no tumours present and they could check that, which they don't think they're too far from being able to do, that could be a way to create a baby. Wow. So, yeah. So I thought, you know what, I need to be part of this. It says perfect. So I applied to that one and another one and the London one accepted me. And the CCG, which is your community care group, they um, funded it because it is all through the NHS still. I could have paid London, which would have been about £9,000, but I did end up getting it funded as I put forward a strong case of for the sake of my mental health I can't know this and my ovary going in the bin I need this funded so 
that's a real learning curve because I don't think a lot of people know you can do that that no. kind of thing like not even related just to what I've been through but through so much you can request to be seen in other areas if you feel it will be beneficial to you so I got that accepted and um, so that was great I mean it was a small win <laughs> it was a small win in you know the grand scheme of things but I had the surgery in London and the doctor was actually really good that I saw in London he did a keyhole surgery and the other doctor was going to do another laparotomy so again something I didn't know is that d- doctors do have different opinions the doctor in London couldn't believe my surgeon in Southend would open up my stomach again and give me that recovery and give me more scarring and he said it would be so simple so I had a keyhole surgery which was another small win and I was recovered in about two weeks to be honest I was it was re- it was really easy and I wouldn't have even really known I had it because I didn't really have any menopause symptoms after I was on HRT and I recovered a lot easier than I did before so that was kind of that done really but during this time this is, this is where our remedy does come in um, I obviously was quite stressed and anxious and struggling to sleep during the lead up to this hysterectomy I had this three-month period of focusing on just trying to do this research into how I could avoid it and it was a really hard time and I was struggling to sleep and somebody said have you tried CBD and I hadn't given it a go but I had kind of heard about it I mean it was a while ago so it was a lot less mainstream then so I gave it a go and I just found it great I just thought I wish I'd known about this 10 years ago and I couldn't sleep so I started taking it and my friend who had endometriosis started taking it as well and she found it helpful for that but we couldn't really find anything that was like targeted at women's health or um, even just looks a bit less like I mean it's from the cannabis plant I'll go into that but not everyone wants to think this from the cannabis plant like Mm -hmm. it just doesn't need to have a cannabis leaf on it it doesn't need to be white and green and so I thought I want to create a new brand I want to make it taste a lot nicer than it does I want to add other essential oils which I know are so beneficial to women and do things like initiatives like I spoke about at first like making it sustainable because a 10 mil bottle might last maybe 10 to 20 days however much you use it but that bottle was going just in the bin all that all that time like so many bottles and so many little plastic pipettes so I wanted to try and make a more environmentally conscious CBD so that's what I did it kind of become kind of like my second child and also a project to take my mind off everything and something I wanted to share to help other people as well Um, I started sharing like my stories on our remedy and people with other health issues that I'd open up and it's just all kind of linked and snowballed from that so I thought you know if I'm gonna go through this horrendous experience I'm going to get something a tiny bit positive out of it and I do feel like I have yeah I mean first of all wow what a journey Mm. (laughs) I mean and to go through all of that so incredibly young you know I mean you're only 33 right yeah and like that's insane and for those who don't know on the NHS we don't always get to choose our doctors we kind of just get seen so in the States, we all have kind of like our primary caregivers and you've got a pediatrician that you go to your whole life and that kind of thing, or your, your gynecologist is the same person, but in the UK, it's not. So it sometimes can be very hit or miss, but, um, you know, I think sometimes it does just take that one GP to listen and to take the time. And you got that, you know, from your first instance with your female GP who sent you for the MRI, you got that with your London doctor, you know, and I think that is amazing, but also just your story. Now, 
with our remedy how was it how did you go about sourcing the cbd oil because i don't i think it was a lot bigger in the u.s a lot sooner than it has been here i wouldn't even say that it it's definitely growing by all means but i don't think it's still as big as it is in the u.s so where do you source your cbd oil yeah so we are we are far behind in the uk we are like our, our regulations are are still underway there's not mm. it is it's regulated as in you have to have lab tests but there's new regulations which are going to be a lot stricter which is still coming into play which i think will really open up the cbd market here when people are very confident what's on the shelves is tested and regulated but that still hasn't happened so people are still wary of cbd in the uk um but in terms of sourcing the cbd so this then comes into my background in my working world so i've been involved in a vape company co-founded a vape company in the uk um, for the past eight years so I already had that and we made our own e-juice so I would manage the um, branding the new flavors the marketing and things like that of the e-juice and we when we started to learn about CBD they're very linked to CBD vape um, we thought we could probably make our own CBD as well so we started to make our own CBD um, and this is where I then my knowledge of CBD started to then come in um, I thought, well, I'm, I'm liking CBD. Let's try and make it. We've got the, all the right stuff here. We've got the knowledge. So we started making it. So we just sourced what we needed to source, made it. I've got a background in branding, so I was able to brand it quite easily. So, I mean, I, I don't like the word luck because luck is when persistence meets opportunity. And I love that saying, but I'm lucky in that way that, that my background, it kind of has evolved like a health journey plus a business has kind of come together for me and it's fought along something that I'm really passionate about yeah I'm just writing down that quote because that's also uh, it's amazing um yeah. and yeah I think sometimes our journeys take us through the craziest twists and turns don't they and and this is your way to your passion you know because you do sound very passionate about this and equally I think when you as a woman have gone through something so is traumatic so so yeah. traumatic and dramatic as what you've gone through again it's that story that needs to be out there we need to talk about these things because whilst you were very young I doubt that you were the only one that one, has had this yeah. but when you're going through that you feel so alone because you don't we don't talk about these stories yeah we don't um, now the CBD oil, how would you recommend? So like I have period cramps, I get migraines, I have anxiety. What would you recommend for your, I hate to say stereotypical woman, but what would you recommend for someone who does have quite a lot of anxiety um, and can have uncomfortable periods? Well, I would just say that CBD can be helpful for so many things and they can surprise you. So you might seek out CBD thinking, oh, it might help with my period and it can be really beneficial for your period. But then other effects might surprise you or you might just start taking CBD without even thinking you have any problems, which I mean, everyone has some sort of problem, don't they? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll go into a little bit about CBD. So um, CBD is one of 120 cannabinoids. So cannabinoids are found in the cannabis plant. So the reason that people can sometimes feel a bit wary is because we've all heard of THC, which is one cannabinoid in the cannabis plant, which is known, as you probably might know, or you might see on TV, you know, we're not judging if you've 
ever tried it uh, it's going to make you really anxious it's going to make you really hungry like but it is telling your body to feel different yeah. whether you're hungrier whether something's funnier like it's going in and telling your body to feel different so the reason they think that happens is because they think we have an endocannabinoid system in our body and it binds to different receptors so cbd is just one of these cannabinoids which is binding to different receptors but it doesn't really have any known negative side effects like thc does so it's mm-hmm. a kind of like a very gentle friendly cousin thc uh, it's just could have lots of benefits i mean when you think about the names it's a cannabinoid and the endocannabinoid system the, the names are so linked like there's there's lots of research and arguments around the fact that people think our bodies actually need it yeah. our bodies might actually need cbd so i would say just start taking it it can be helpful with so many things so it can really help balance hormones so for example your prostaglandin hormone is what would cause your bad period cramps so people with higher levels of that tend to have worse period cramps so you can use cbd to balance that and hopefully your period cramps will lessen but it can be really helpful serotonin is another hormone it could help balance which is the one that can cause anxiety if you've got low levels of serotonin it could give them a little boost so i just think it's worth worth a go because it's natural yeah so at what age would you recommend people start to take this so like i have a 10 year old she does suffer with anxiety um is she too young i would say that's probably a conversation with the doctor because we can't sell it in the UK to that age. Um, But it would be up to you. And if I'm honest, I have given it to my son before. Um, I don't know if it's really done anything, but because he sees me take it, he likes to try a couple of drops and it doesn't really worry me to do that. But that is very personal. So for example, as well, um, a lady breastfeeding might say, you know, is it safe when I'm breastfeeding? And that's really something you need to take into account. Does, you know, personal decision. You can ask a doctor, but they'll probably say it's a personal decision or they'll say yes or no depending on their stance on it but um is your baby eating solids are they just getting breast milk are they three weeks old it's, it could be very different so I would say there's there's no wrong right or wrong age to start really yeah. I have people with period cramps that are young and I have people that are just experiencing menopause symptoms yeah I just didn't know if you had like a hard and fast rule like 12 plus or 18 plus I didn't know if that was but it Mm. is very personal and I think as well you as the adult will have your own personal experience with it and then you are the one best placed to make that decision for your child I can't imagine a GP would be able to give me any sort of definitive answer because they probably have absolutely no idea what it is you know (laughs) unfortunately yeah but you know what it's getting a little gps are getting a little bit more pro cbd so i'm having people say to me my gp said i should try it more and more these days so i'm really noticing that when i speak to customers so that's interesting fantastic that's what we need slow and steady wins the race it's coming yeah (laughs) um now what other products do you have you mentioned a tea and our powder Yeah, so we have a tea, um, which is a little individual bag. It's adaptogenic tea. And adaptogens are something that help your body fight stress. So it's really aimed at periods, this tea. It's called Oh My Flow. Um, It's got raspberry leaf, which is really great for strengthening your uterus. It's got adaptogens, which are really good for helping your body fight stress. So your body's, your periods are real stress. So the more you take adaptogens and the the more ways you can find to take them, the better your body's going to be at helping fight stress. But I mean, I drink it and I don't even have periods, honestly. So it's just a nice tea. It's just yeah. a nice entry level product into the world of herbal wellness. 
Yeah, because I've had actogenic powder things that you're supposed to mix with hot water and it's been pretty foul, (laughs) if I'm honest. I haven't been able to manage to drink it. I still have some. Like I bought it and I've never actually managed to finish it because it just doesn't seem to dissolve at all. And it gets really clumpy and that kind of thing. So I'm always interested in trying new products because I do want to have the aptogens and I do want to drink it. I just can't manage the stuff I have. So I will be ordering some of um, On Your Flow when we get off our recording today. Um, And I just find that your story is just so inspirational. Do you now find that more and more people will speak to you about their period problems just because of your background with your journey? Yes, like absolutely. So I've, I wrote a few blogs to share my story on my RMD website. One was recovering from a laparotomy. I could not find any information when I, was, when I heard I was going to have this surgery about recovery times. And I had a one-year-old. And I just thought, I, I can't have childcare for 12 weeks. Like I can't not pick him up. And there was all these problems. I just couldn't find the answers. So when I was having that surgery, every single day, I wrote everything I felt. So it was a genuine diary which I uploaded to the website a bit later than I had the surgery, maybe four months after. Mm. I uploaded that. Um, I've written about having a hysterectomy. When I had the hysterectomy, I also video recorded myself every day. So I've got a little video diary on the website as well. So I wanted to share with people because I just had so many questions before all these surgeries. And I thought, even if a few people read this, I am going to be making a few people's lives easier. So I thought it was worth doing. Um, And they get a lot of hits. And things like, just very genuine content like um supplements that I started taking after I had my hysterectomy it just is crazy how many hits this blog gets it's it's only my experience um but I was just why I sit down to try and share it so I get a lot of these these free blogs get a lot of hits and therefore I get a lot of I do a web chat from them and also what whatsapp chat from them so I do get a lot of people opening up to me and actually it's it is amazing I've the amount of chats I've had which have like just made me cry because I've just been so happy I've been able to help someone I had someone once um like call me because I need to need to speak to you I was speaking on web chat and then I called her and she said you have no idea how how sad I've been today and how much better this has made me feel and that's not even the first time that happened like it's it's happened a lot she um she had a really sad story and I think you just want to talk to someone and when I was doing asking all those questions in Google if I had found someone's phone number that I could have just called and they had been really helpful I just would have thought that was incredible so I just wanted to be able to do that so yeah I get a lot of people open up to me about their periods now (laughs) and it's that community right so these questions we would have normally been able to go and speak to the community about them but now because we are so far you know we're all on different I mean I'm in a completely different country from my sort of family in my community and I've had to create that but because we don't live in the same towns a lot of us with our grandmothers and our aunts and our cousins and our mothers and our sisters and our family friends we are really relying on Google to yeah. have that and so the fact that you these three blog posts and these conversations that you are able to have you are creating that community and that's so beautiful and even if you help just one person it doesn't matter right like because you've helped that one person and you've put them at ease which is just 
I don't know. I just love it. I love the whole community side of it. Yeah. Now, you mentioned earlier a, a period poverty charity. Could you, which one is it? Just so other people can go and have a look at it and I'll put it in the show notes as well. Is it a UK based one or is it? Yeah, it's, it is UK based. Um, I don't know. I actually don't know where else they are based, but I think they're UK based. Um, but it's called Bloody Good Period. Oh, I support them as well. They're mm, phenomenal. Yeah, they, they do really good work. Um, and again, we could talk about period poverty people do not realize the effects of period poverty I was looking up um salt so it's s-a-a-l-t and they started out as menstrual cups and I was reading the story today just as to how she came about it and she I think is Venezuelan um was speaking to an aunt back home and they hadn't had menstrual products for years oh my god you know, and you just think like, come on, this is just ridiculous, you know? And um, so she then created salt. She created yeah. a menstrual cup that could be reused and and has now, you know, sent loads and loads and loads back to fit family and friends in yeah. Venezuela. And it's like, it just takes one thing to set mm. off a great idea. But period poverty is so, so important to just eradicate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Bloody good period. I'm just going to write that down again. Love it. And there's also another charity um, back in the US that is similar to bloody good period. And it's called period.org. Um, mm-hmm. And they are all over. They're not in the UK yet, which is crazy. I've opened a chapter up here in Harrogate. Not that I've done much, um, but that's coming. It's coming. Um, but Bloody Good Period, period.org are both great charities when it comes to um, eradicating period poverty. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. It is so, it's such a big, big issue, I think. This has been phenomenal. Absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. So we've got a few more questions. Yep. We'll go with period positive story or period neutral story. So do you have one and can you share it with us, please? So I feel like mine's going to be a little bit different because I don't have periods anymore. And also I never had bad periods. Mm -hmm. So periods to me, actually, my whole life were pretty mundane. (laughs) (laughs) They kind of, you know, came for a few days and didn't really cause many cramps and I had a very easy time with my periods um but my period positive story I was thinking about something this is really I've taken a lot of thinking about this one actually because I just couldn't think of anything I would like to talk about how many innovative companies there are that are producing period products that are helping the planet right now yes it's actually incredible so you've also you've mentioned salt so they're one menstrual cup brand there are so many menstrual cup brands now I think it's becoming really normalized where it was a bit like gross or I don't want to talk about using a cup because oh I have to rinse out the period blood there are so many now that there's so much to choose from they're branded beautifully like I don't know why you wouldn't use a cup then there's reusable period pants the amount of people that I speak to that say oh my daughter's um started her period I've got her straight on reusable period pants and would you even consider a pad after you know about this there's no plastic in them they're reusable they're comfortable and there's again so many companies with beautiful brands um there's one that stands out to me at the moment which is Modibody. 
and they're a slightly bigger brand but they do the biodegradable ones so not only are they good for the environment their fabric is not even going to end up in landfill it's so innovative and amazing and I think where we're opening up the conversation around periods these products are getting pushed through and they're doing so much for the planet and there's also Sainsbury's which um, stopped doing plastic applicators they only do cardboard ones which is fantastic two of my favorite companies in the UK is TOTM time of the month and Ancestors they do organic all like really eco-friendly packaging and they they genuinely make donations to like help with ocean cleanup and things like that um Dame Dame have a reusable applicator that's really innovative so I mean I wish I still had periods because I want to try all these products because when I had periods I didn't know about all this I just used the normal tampon yeah and you would because that is all that we are taught about they've also got is it nix it which is a disc I've heard of them yeah mm. and I was reading about them and they they are a bit more of a learning curve from what I've gathered but they've got nix it and then there was another one and I can't think of what it's called but I'll link it in the show notes um so you've now got discs that you can yeah, use so as well yeah so nix it branding as well are just their branding is so cool I love their branding so it's making people want to try these products because there's it's becoming a little bit more of a saturated market so there's a lot more competition so people are having to be a bit more innovative having to design things better having to do all these things and honestly go follow all of these accounts because I follow them all from our remedy and it makes all this conversation just seem totally normal like it's very normal that we have periods it's very normal that we then you know have the menopause it's all so normal and not talked about but all these accounts talk about them in a really nice way and they're all really sustainable they've all got the planet at the heart of what they do and I think it's great and it's I think that's po- period positive no it totally is and again it is about bringing that conversation and providing that language I've been having a lot of conversations with women about like just for market research like what is the worst experience you've had or your most challenging experience you've had with your menstrual cycle and a lot of them have said it's the lack of education and the lack of language around what is going on in their bodies and these companies your company are providing that language around Mm. what is going on with the body and and what is happening and it's done in a very positive light which is beautiful because yeah a lot of times it's not very positive. So I do like do like spreading a bit of positive light. Could you please let everyone know where they can find you on the internet, please? So our website is ourremedy.co.uk and our Instagram is at it's our remedy. Yeah, fantastic. Do you ship abroad? Because there are some people in the US that listen, um, but I don't know if you can. Can you do that? Yeah, yeah, we can ship abroad. That's fine. Perfect. Thank you so much, Rachel, for joining me today. This has been thanks for having me. Such an eye-opening conversation. I'm going to order right now. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.